would reduce the um, the size of the ball. But I'd also, too, um, if you score on the sideline, the furthest you go out is the, the, the train tracks. They do that in Mod League now. Yeah. You're showing me a video of your young bloke playing yeah. in the national championship. That's right. That's and I right. said, well, how come they, they're kicking the goal 10 metres in from the sideline? Yeah. And he said, well, that's the maximum they can kick from. That's right. Otherwise, you're wasting time. Like, like the, 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 if the percentages on the sideline are so through the floor, mm-hmm. you want to encourage success. Absolutely. You know, yeah. have it. Anyway, that's just my view. What do you think? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You boys got any views on that? No, I, I totally agree well, with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's about tailoring, tailoring the rules of a sport to for their competitors. So in tennis, you know, you don't you don't see five sets do you, from the girls, and you, uh, currently yep. they're not playing eighty minutes, no. are they? No, that's right. That's I, right. I must say, boys, like watching the NRLW, it shits all over the AFLW. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's a great we game. Have, we have got such a great game here. Yeah. And, and we've done it the right way too. Be- 100%. Purely because there's not enough numbers that have been playing since they're six, seven, eight, nine years That's of right. age. Putting four teams and yep. six yep. teams. and t- Yeah. Like the, yeah, the AFL went to try and do this. Oh, we'll, we'll make 18 teams to be like, you know, we're, we're doing stuff for the women's game. But. The quality is horrendous. It is, yeah. Like, the NRLW is a bloody great product to watch. It is. There was an interesting, on that Millie Boyle sort of podcast, boys, I'd love to get your thoughts. She was talking about how for the sport to grow, there needs to be criticism. Mm. And that, you know, for so long, people are a bit afraid to to critique. Well, we're sitting here saying, I'm trying not to be sexist, Mm. but what she's saying, and correct me if I'm right, (laughs) Gibbo, um... (laughs) Is that she's saying, don't be scared to yeah. criticise just because we're women. Don't be scared to criticise the game. Like, AP, in, in your world, like, you know, there's always a lot of stories about if someone has a poor performance. Now, we haven't sort of seen that yet in the NRLW. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I personally haven't covered a lot of NRLW. Um, but it'd be interesting too, like, is there like a sharpshooter goal kicker as well? Is there someone that's like well and truly like better than anyone else that can pot them from the sidelines Maybe, fairly consistently? Well, there's a young girl who's not yet playing first grade for the Dragons, and she must have come through soccer. I watched her play in under-19s and under-17s yep. and kicks everything. So, so it's coming. Mm. And, and they, But you're absolutely right, Sats, around the, the criticism part. And, and to be honest, so picture yourself, Adrian, and, and be brutally honest with us here. You, you have in the past done the state of origin ratings. Yep. And someone's gone like a busted, you'll say, oh, they get a three and a half. Yep. If you were asked to do the NRLW state of origin, would you find it harder to give someone a three and a half at this stage? Probably. Yeah. Yep. And it's honest, but but Millie yep. Boyle is almost welcoming it. Yes. Saying, God, if we want to be taking fair income, we, we need to be open to this criticism. Yeah, it's refreshing. Yeah. And you know the other thing, like, and this is not a great thing, certainly not a great thing, but – the NRL double, you will truly know when it's made it, when, and I hate to say it, but when scandalous stories are being written about. Mm. You know, there's sports where there is obviously scandal happening, but no one gives a rat. That'll right? happen when their profile increases. That's, yeah. that, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Absolutely. And, 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 when they become household na- names and heroes to, yes. to other other sports kids, yeah. that's when it will happen. The other thing but that, that, that means they've yep. made it right. I don't, yeah, I don't yep, mean yep. it to be negative, but that happens in the NRL. Yep. It happens in all the big co- – it happens in acting and, and all those sorts of things. And when you start having those stories, whilst it'll appear negative, you sort of be saying, okay, well, they're writing about us and it's – we have truly made it. The thing that I like about the women's game more is that there's a little bit less structure than the guys. Like, as yeah. soon as they start copying and doing all the block plays and yep. the wrestle and all that stuff, that's – 
you want it to become as professional as possible, but the beauty of it is it hasn't been affected by those negative things that have crept into the men's game. Well, both Gibber and I were talking about it earlier. It, it, there's still that raw tackle technique. Yeah. Like uh, Hannah Southwell is my favourite player. When she was in those first initial years, she was just Trevor Gilmore's like just cutting people mm. in half. And it's, it's really good to see. Boys, can I ask you, why on earth is the NRL game scheduled at the exact same time as NRLW? Are we not eating into the same market? Yeah, we are, and and unfortunately, it's it's a, it's a scheduling. There's there's not enough. There's not enough. You can't have one of the games playing at nine or ten o'clock in the morning. But I yeah. believe I believe this is the first time we've seen this. It but is. No, it hasn't happened in mm. the past. Yeah. But is it in its current form? Is it? Have we got the scheduling right? Like, should we be playing this time of year? Like, we've got what October, November, December, where there's no footy. There's international footy potentially. The other way of looking at it is, would there be enough interest if, say, the women played standalone on a Monday night? Would people watch Monday night football, for instance, if there was a live women's game on? Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, I would, because I enjoy watching it so yep. much. Yeah, I would. I love yeah. footy. So if you put footy on, like I'll watch New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup, whatever it is. Like, I just, yeah, I, just playing at the same time as the NRL doesn't really sit well with me. I'm mm. not sure why they did it. Yeah. There's probably uh, a reason. I suppose too, they give a, like, the NFL, I think, they they have games going concurrently. They do, yeah. You know, we've now got, we haven't just got 17 teams. We've got, how many is the NRLW? We've got 10, have they? Yeah. Eight, eight or 10? And then and they're increasing, yeah. Yeah, so so then now all of a sudden you've got 20, almost 30 teams. It's going to get harder and harder, I think, uh, to do that. We need to, um, where, where are the Melbourne Storm at, boys? Before you, can, before you answer that, yeah. Craig Bellamy. Here's Craig Bellamy in the press conference after the loss. With all due respect, we really helped them. You know, we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot. We just blew our feet off in the first half. Um, like I say, just with errors and just some, just looked like we were looking for, you know, shortcuts, you know, and that doesn't work against a team like that or, you know, the team that they've been the last three or four years. And, um, you know, you need to be nearly squeaky clean to, you know, to, to, to go with them. But... Like I say, the, the, the first half was really disappointing how many errors we made. Um, as I said, you know, just some, uh, I don't want to say dumb things, but they were dumb things, you know, and that, that put a lot of pressure on us and took a lot of pressure off them. And the second half, it was a you know, real arm wrestle. And, um, you know, again, I think we were probably a bit fatigued in the second half. You know, we didn't really look look like you just score a try to be quite honest I don't know whether that was a bit of fatigue or whether it was a, a lack of communication but you know I was, I was really happy with our effort in the second half I thought you know we tried really hard having said that I think we tried you know effort that was okay in the first half but like I say the, the amount of errors that we made which you know you, you're never gonna you're never gonna go close to a to a team like Penrith if you play like that yeah I'd love to plot the errors for teams playing Penrith mm. and how many of their force, just the brutal mm. pressure. They just... They sprint off their line for 80 minutes defensively. Well, they make you feel uncomfortable for 80 minutes. Yep. And you've got to be willing to go with them only purely from a resilience point of view. Billy Slater, I I, I could listen to him for 24 hours on, yeah. on, on my headphones just with the amount of sense that he talks when he talks rugby league. He summed it up really beautifully last night, perfectly. He said... You'll never beat Penrith if you try and play Penrith at Penrith's game. 
And that means if you want to go toe-to-toe with them, you're never going to beat them. That's why you have to have some unpredictability and some unpredictable yep. players. Now, when you watch Melbourne play, you can tell if Melbourne are on in the first 10 minutes. Yep. Mm. Last night was one of those ones where you thought they look flat. Uh, they didn't look like they really had any guidance, whatever it may be. Now, all of a sudden, Nelson's back. Then they'll get the injection of Hughes back. Then they'll get Coates back. Then, fingers crossed, Pappenhausen comes through the next two weeks unscathed. They get Pappenhausen back. I've got a text here from Stormy Daniels. says, gents, the resting of Hughes and Coates, I think, was deliberate. Nass and Sims received a forced layoff. Hughes and Coates, if it was a finals game last night, both play. Top four position, not in jeopardy. Uh, it's a game the Storm could afford to drop. Then they inject Smith, Ollum, Hughes, Coates, Pappenhausen into a team. Makes the, sense. That's yep. the interesting one. You, Ollum was mentioned there. That's sort of gone under the radar, but he's been dropped for the first time in his career. Yeah. Now, he gets back into that side along with those other guys. He'll make a massive difference. In Craig Bellamy's head, if he was picking a team for grand final day, hypothetically they make it, has he got Olam there? Yeah, yes, every day. Absolutely. Yeah, so yep. this is a little, little come a little, on, champ, let's get going. Yeah, and you talked about you have to play footy against them. Probably the team that's troubled the most is Parramatta, and that's because of their offloading game. It's a bit pre- unpredictable. It's hard to you know, yep. lock up the football because if you just go set toe-to-toe, like you'll blink first. Who's the most unpredictable side that's realistically going to make the eight outside of Penrith? Who's the most unpredictable side? South. I think yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, you know what's you know what's coming from South. You just got to have the ability to stop it. Yeah, when they've got that that frame of mind. That was that was one of the great compliments Wayne Bennett told me this. Like, remember when? Michael Maguire's in charge of South and he called them predictable mm. and everyone's like, oh, you can't say that they're top of the table and they're winning the comp and all this sort of stuff. And he said to me once, that's the biggest compliment that I can play them because you know, it's coming, but you can't stop you it. Can't, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now boys, I, I got a feeling this could be the greatest final series we've ever had. There, there may be no cannon fodder at all in the eight by the time we land on it with teams running into form and so forth. Unless Penrith stuff it up. And when I say Penrith stuff it up, Penrith can only stuff this final series up by being too good. Mm. If they're too good, they can ruin, single-handedly ruin this final series. Well, they know that they're not going to be – their coach is very confident that they're never going to get into a frame of mind where they feel complacent. Mm. They just don't show complacency. So that's never going to be a problem because they drive each other so much on the training paddock. They drive standards really – you talk about the tide rises. Yep. They've got 14 or 15 of those in that – in that club well, alone. That, that's what I was going to ask you, Seth. So, so why are they so dominant? Is it, are they fitter than everyone else? No. Or, or have they just picked the right people who can be so consistent at the highest level for so long? Is well, that... history together is one thing. Yeah. They've got two groups of players that have played with each other in junior reps. Yep. They've tasted, they know what success is like. Yep. Yeah, you know, we won the, the wooden spoon in 2001. We weren't much better in 2002. But all of a sudden, through 2002, one, two, mainly 2002, Luke Lewis gets injected. Yep. Luke Rooney gets injected. Shane Rodney gets injected. Luke Swain, Trent Waterhouse, Joel K- Clinton. Mm. That all played all his junior rep footy together. That all played all his junior rep footy together, and they knew how to win. Yep. And so us older guys like myself and uh, Colin Ward and and uh, Ryan Girdler, yep. they started teaching older guys how to win again. Yeah. Yep. So, And Penrith has got a – not a team. They've got a club laden with kids oh. that have just been used to winning and know what it takes to win. Crazy. We talk about a competitive final series. In 2021, it was the worst eighth spot in all time. I don't know if you remember. It was 26 the, points or something? It was the Titans 
had to beat the Warriors by 11 points or something to get in and leapfrog the Sharks. Yep. And they got in on a 10 and 14 regular That's season. That's right. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was scraping the bottom of yes. the barrel. It was, you know, reward for mediocrity, yep. all of those cliches. Yep. Whereas this one, you could potentially have a winning record and be tipped out. And we're going to see a, a, a big fish not there. It'll, it'll likely be a, a Parramatta, Cronulla, perhaps both of them. Roosters won't be there. Remember 2018 AP, I think? First place, first and fourth were on the same amount of points, 36. Yep. And then fifth to eighth were on 34. It's, what, it's the closest that's eight in want. history. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, um, uh, yeah. it's almost a shame that the spoon has been decided because you want that race right to the very final game as to who's going to get the spoon because it's at the other end of the apex, it couldn't be any tighter. Yeah. Oh, Do you think oh, if two teams finish on the same amount of points – in sixteenth and seventeenth, spoon off. They have to pay for a spoon off. <laughs> yeah. So um, the loser gets the spoon. Yeah, and, and the consequence is you get the spoon. So week one of the finals, you get the spoon off. Yep. Right. Even if you're four points clear, you're still playing for the spoon. It's the spoon off, and the loser, ta da, not invited to magic <laughs> magic round. No, no, not invited. Great way to sort it out. Yep, not invited. Yeah, actually, I'm a little bit disappointed in you then. Yeah. You said ta-da. But yeah, yeah I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You can't be so predictable. Okay, right. You yeah. can't be so predictable. But, uh, yeah, keep your texts coming through, 0457 Twitter, which is now X, lovely place. You get some wonderful things being said. Uh, this particular person uh, slid into my DMs and said, uh, hey, champ, pretty simple, just saw you on TV. Calorie in versus calorie out. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um how long did it take to grow that moustache, by the way? Yeah, I know. Well, it's retro round, uh, Fox. Uh, this one here. Um, I've heard some cracked out takes on NRL podcasts, but Joel Kane on Sportsbet's Get Em On Side, suggesting the Panthers should get 50% salary cap dispensation for growing local juniors like Stephen Crichton may be the biggest piece of unintelligible. I had to Google whether that was actually a correct word, which it is, uh, NRL content in existence. Now, what I actually said, boys, and I'll be fascinated in your input, I do believe in rewarding people for being bloody good in whatever vocation you are. You're, you're allowed to be just good at what you do. If you work hard, if you have the right people there in your business and you get some advantages, good luck to you. And what I'm saying by this is I don't totally agree. The salary cap's great and, and, and we need to have a salary cap for all fans, but I don't believe that a club like Penrith and Melbourne who got done for the cap, Yep. right, I'm personally not offended by what they did with the – with the particular trophies about, I don't actually care. People were so worked up about, I don't care. But what I will say about this is, if you went through those sides, Brett Finch, Clint Newton, and Michael Crocker, who weren't even together for both those 2007 and 2009, other than that, every other player pretty much hadn't ever heard of until they put the purple jumper on, Mm. right? So yes, yes. They broke the salary cap, and yes, deservedly so, deserve to have those trophies stripped because those were the rules at the time. But they are the ones who who caused the rod for their own back. They're the ones who made Billy Slater into the player he is. They're the ones who made Cooper Cronk. Uh, all those players you'd never heard of that every other club had a crack at, they're not Melbourne Storm juniors, mm. right? So my point around this is that whether it's 50%, whatever it is, I don't believe that... If you get someone like a Stephen Crichton, what, why should Penrith have to, in the cap, have to pay the same as Canterbury, for example? Or, if you or, give them or a club salary that... cap dispensation, 
you're going to strengthen a club that's already absolute light years ahead of every yeah, right, other club. Right now they are. Yeah. Right now they are. It was four years ago they were running 10th. So right now they are. Yes, they are. But what, what we're punishing them for being very good at their job by recruiting well, by or developing, developing really well. well, by coaching well, by creating an environment. And there are clubs that really don't bother about developing because they just know they can yeah, on they an can even playing scale. So right now, pilfer, yeah. teams who are crappily run, they get to Is have, that a word, crappily? No, well, <laughs> it's unintelligible to say crappily. <laughs> but they get to have the same head start, essentially, as the people who freaking know what they're doing. But mm. the, the scary thing is that they have that head start and they're still getting lapped. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah. So in the English Premier League, there is no salary cap, I don't believe. And the, and the best teams just win every single year. Yeah, they pay the big money. That. No, you don't want that. Yeah. But you also, you don't want to just reward, keep propping up mediocrity. The, the other thing too is that the other great leveler, other than the salary cap, I reckon, is that state of origin period. Because the best teams produce the best players and they're away from that team for, for three games. Yep. And yet despite all of that, the Panthers still, you know, whenever Nathan Cleary's not there, they'll get a Jack Cogger. They'll get a Sean O'Sullivan, as the case was last year. They've got so much depth that they can absorb that shock and That's still. Six weeks, yeah. Yeah, and th- they barely lose a game during yeah. Origin as well. So, in the instance where they lose Abby Corrissey out of the Tigers, yep. well, well, it's an open market. You're paying what, whatever they're paying because he came from Manly. Yeah. So, but I just think we need to reward clubs better. And it's not just about who's got the best nursery. You can still go and get a player from the Penrith Nursery if you're the Cronulla Sharks. I, th- I think that, and this is something I've always thought about, I just think that you need to reward clubs on their salary cap if they can if they win j- junior reps. Yep. So they've developed players through the six, well, 17s, 19s. One, uh, the old days it was 15s, 17s, 19s. Yep. I think if you've developed and you win those comps, I think you get some. I think you should get extra money on the salary cap. Used yep. to be club championship, didn't it, Sats? Yeah, like that, that was sort of it was a that bigger force, deal. I remember, that forces clubs to put money into their depth, which then is going to give you more money at the top end to keep players into your club. AP, is it the Newcastle? Which rugby league team? I think it's Newcastle Knights. Uh, I may be wrong. Where they haven't used their cap, so they're going to start paying players this year to. No, so what happens is you, I think you have to spend like ninety five percent of it minimum. Right. Yeah. So so you can use it in different ways. Like you might decide that um, I might like the Dolphins are a great example. So they'll prepay players or they'll front load them. Like they haven't gotten a Cameron Munster. Oh, or a it, big might, fish, it might right? be the Dolphins, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so for instance, they might say because we haven't got a Munster or a Cody Walker or someone like that or a Latrell Mitchell guys that we went for and missed out on, the guys that we do have. Maybe the Bromwiches, for instance, they'll say, well, we'll pay you a little bit extra this year. Yep. And that means we've got a little bit more to spend on that marquee. We didn't get it in our first year, but maybe in year two or year three, we'll have that that chest, that war chest that we can spend. Okay. Now, boys, just um, on ideas, the we won't get bogged down on this, but the wild card round, can I tell you why I think it's a good idea? A, you get more content. Gibbo's just like, back oh, not again. No, but the, the, I'll tell you why I'm, I'm – and, and particularly because you mentioned how close the competition is. The reason I'm keen on it – I know we have four and against as, as a countback, but you may have a scenario where eighth finishes on 32 points, ninth finishes on 32 points, but ninth has played, you know, 10 top four teams or, or, or 10 top eight teams versus – Eighth who's played well, Cronulla, four. Cronulla seems to, like for the last three or four years, seems to have avoided top eight teams like 
No other club. Yes. Yeah. So, so my point in all this is that, you know, yeah, you might have finished equal on points, but you have the inferior differential. Yeah. But you've had the far harder draw. Yeah. So aren't you entitled to have a playoff? Like, is is I just don't see the negative in it. But just before we go to the break. I uh, love the idea of a wild card. Oh, it's great content, mate. Yeah. And, and the other thing is it dramatically reduces the amount of dead rubbers at the end of the year. Dramatically reduces it. If you, it we'll have a quick look at the ladder after this but as to who would still be in the running if we had the wild card round of the top. And people go, oh, you're rewarding mediocrity. You're not rewarding mediocrity. You're actually punishing mediocrity. You're rewarding performance by giving them a week off. It's a brutal sport. Um, now, AP, you – I don't know what you're doing here, whether it's a love letter to your wife or what the bloody hell it is – and I didn't know this was your name, but you, this fell out of your pocket. What are you doing tonight? I am going to watch Barbie. Oh, okay, this stacks up then. Yeah, yeah. This was in his pocket. Yeah. Right? Mm. And I read it. I shouldn't have read it. I should have given it straight back to you. Can you please re- read on air this, whatever this is? Please read this. Don't read it first. Just read it. Just read it. Straight read it, please. Wow. Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried. Oh, well, I have feelings that, that I can't explain. Driving me insane all my life. Been so polite, but I'll sleep alone tonight. Do I have to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Because okay. I'm just Ken. Anywhere else, I'd be a 10. Is it my destiny to live and die a life of a blonde fragility? I'm just Ken. Where I see love, she sees a friend. What will it take for her to see the man behind the tan and fight for me? Mm. You just can. Wow. Uh, so what are you are you practicing the lyrics for the main song? Is that like one of the songs or something, is it? I, I hope nothing else falls <laughs> out of my pocket in the next five minutes. <laughs> Rightio, this is Crunch Time, break it back with more.